0: Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for coming, uh, and uh, we'll get started here in a second. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity to be uh, to be here. We thank you, Father, for loving us. We thank you for the for the uh, for the power of the word that we can study it and learn from it. And we ask Father that you give us the courage to apply these things to our lives. Help us, Father, to see very clearly what it is that we're that we're looking at, and then have have again the courage. apply it to our lives father we pray for a blessing on on those that we talked about Uh, we've got a a lot of folks that are down a lot of folks that are sick Uh, we've got folks that are are, there that are grieving right now and we just pray father for that whole dynamic and hope all those people that are involved uh, be with Tim father as he ministers to his friend and, uh, and ministers to that family just bless them father as they do that thank you for for loving us thank you for the opportunity we have to study together and thank you, Father, for bringing us here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Anytime, anytime you study, uh, you need to understand what the dynamic is of what's going on. There's an environment in this text that is going on that I think you need to understand so you understand what exactly is happening here. This is the last six days of Jesus' life. John chapter 12. Okay? Okay? <laughs> and and he is on his and he's going to be on his way to Jerusalem and uh, and the dynamic is he has got a leadership within the Jewish culture that wants him dead he's got a leadership within the Jewish culture that wants Lazarus dead because Lazarus has been raised from the dead he's got a family that he's gonna sit down with here in the first part of this and they are going to uh, they're really close friends of his Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and, and then in, amongst his own group of folks, he's got a he's got a betrayer, and he's got a bunch of them that don't have a clue and, don't, and they don't uh, understand anything that's going on here, and he's going to be gone in six days. So does the dynamic of the environment seem kind of chaotic to you? It is chaotic. It's, it's going up and down, up and down, and there's, there's so much going on in that environment and anytime you have have an environment, things that we're dealing with, you know, understand that there's an environment going on around us that we don't always understand how it's going and what's going on, and so we have to make decisions based on on those things that are going on around us. Jesus is going to do the same thing here. He's going to have to deal with a a, a culture of people who are and on one instant are going to are going to elevate him and cry hosanna, here comes the king, and then in the next breath they're going to want his head on a plate and so the dynamic is very difficult okay now let's start reading and we'll look at this as we go along six days before the Passover Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived whom Jesus had raised from the dead here a dinner was given in Jesus honor Mary, Martha served while Lazarus was was among those reclining at table with him then Mary took about a pint of of pure nard and expensive perfume and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, ejected, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor but because he was a thief. He, the, As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Okay, So you start to see some of the environments going on here. He's at his friend's house. He's two miles, two, three miles away from Jerusalem at Bethany. It's very close. He knows that in a very short time, he's, he's going he's gonna to travel to Jerusalem. That's where the end of this is going to happen, okay? And and he has this, this good friend who is reclining at table with him that he has raised from the dead. And I want to take you back to chapter 11 for just a second and look at what he says in chapter 11 at the end of it. We know that, that the high priest has said, you know, well, it's okay. It's all right. It's better for one guy to die than us to lose the whole nation. So from that moment on, they decided we're going to put Jesus out of our misery. And then if you look at the last verse, verse 57, but the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who found out where Jesus was should report it so that they might arrest him. So so there is a, the the dynamic of that environment is Jesus is hiding to a certain extent. They are going to get brave enough at some point to arrest him. But they're going to have to have have somebody to help them do that. Now, let's go on. Now, he said, uh, here's Judas Iscariot. He knows what Judas is going to do. He knows that Judas is going to betray him. He knows that. How do you, how, tell me how it would make you feel to know that one that you've been with for three years is going to turn on you. How difficult do you think that would be for him? You think he wants to change Judas? You think he wants to wants to help Judas to find the right path he knows what's going to have to happen he knows that Judas has to do this but does it does it make him feel good? I want you to to sense what's Jesus going through while he goes through this last week of his life and so you understand when we get to that point how difficult it is what's going to happen to him and how difficult it is for him when he's in the garden he's begging for his life you understand all these emotions that are coming in all this dynamic that's coming in from this environment or is keeping on top of him and it's crushing him. It's crushing him. It's not just about the dying on the cross, it's about all the other stuff that's involved. And he knows that these people are going to be on their own. So, he tells he tells his, his followers, Leave her alone, he has replied. It was intended that she should say this perfume for the day of my burial. <laughs> you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, the chief uh, whom he had raised from the dead. Now listen to what he says here. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going to Jesus and bleeding in him. So now what have they decided? You, you understand and the the dynamic of the, of the high priest from the Sanhedrin, they were mostly Sadducees. Okay? You understand why that's significant here? What, is, what does Lazarus rep- represent to a Sadducee who does not believe in the resurrection, they do not believe in angels, and they do not believe in the Holy Spirit? They don't believe in any of that stuff. And so for Lazarus to be there, and everybody knows what happened, that G- the Jesus, after four days in the tomb, he raised him from the dead. What does that do to their whole doctrinal stance? Well, what do you think it does? It proves it, it proves it wrong. So they have to do something here. So they've decided, well, I know what we'll do. We're not going to kill him. We'll kill Lazarus as well. We'll kill them both. That's pretty di- pretty dramatic, don't you think? You know, how, how, you know, this is what Jesus is facing. This is what his friends are facing. This is what the people, when he tells us later on, and he said, anyone that follows me is going to serve me. Understand what that means, what it's going to mean to serve him, to follow him, and to serve and do what he tells us to do, and no matter what it costs. Okay, now, look at what he said. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the, for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey colt. Now this is from Zechariah chapter 9. So here is another fulfillment of what was said about him. He said, At first the disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard, that he had performed this sign went out to meet him. So the so the Pharisees said to one of them, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Tell me how the, how how this whole dynamic's unfolding. How you would you would see it unfold. How what's going on here? The leadership you know he can't please this leadership no matter what he does. They have an idea of what they expect of him. They have an idea that's twisted, that doesn't fit Scripture at all, but yet they've made up their mind. You yeah, you're going to deal with people like this. You're going to deal with people in your life that have a that have a, an understanding of what Scripture says, what they think it says, what they want it to say, and it's not going to have anything to do with what you know it really actually says. And they're going to live their life, and they're going to argue with you, debate with you about what is actually going on, in the scriptures when you'll know what the truth is that happens to us all the time Jesus here is is looking at 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 this thing and here he comes he comes riding in on a donkey and they're shouting Hosanna here comes the King praise God for the King and in the and then just a few days what are they going to be what are they gonna be screaming they want to crucify him you see the roller coaster this here. See, like I said, I want you to see, I want you to get a picture, and I'll remind you of this when we get into chapter 19, 18, 19, when it gets that point where we start to look at what Jesus is going through as as he's dying and how difficult it was, and here is all of this stuff going on. This is what your Savior is willing to do, okay? Your Savior that was willing to die in your place, that was willing to give up his life, here's what he was willing to do so that you could live. So you can have a hope of eternal life with him. Now, any questions or are we going to move on? I figured this was going to go quick. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee with a request. So they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now, you understand what he's saying? He's talking about I've got to die because this one kernel is going to die so it can produce many seeds. So it can produce a harvest of seed. These Gentile converts, these Gentile proselytes, are going to come to him at at the right time, but if he doesn't do what he's fixing to do, he, they they won't have any access to him okay so here we are and and he says here now listen to this very carefully anyone who loves their life will lose it while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life what is it what is he telling us when he said anyone who loves this life will lose it what's he telling me? okay? If you love this life, if you love this life, and this life is, you know, it, there's a lot to be thankful for, a lot to be going, and I'm not talking about our spiritual life. I'm talking about the life in the world. If you find that you, and we have this, we see, this, uh, I see it in church and it just drives me crazy sometimes that people have figured out they're going to make decisions based on what this life dictates to them and what they want to do in this life and, and it doesn't make any difference what, what exactly God is saying to do. Doesn't matter. And I've seen it so many times people unravel, unravel spiritually because they've made bad decisions and made decisions that were not based on what God's telling them to do. So they they you know, they start, they get to the point where they love this life more. He said he said, if you love anyone who loves this life will lose it. He said, if you love this life, if you love this life that, that you've been that you have been born into, not spiritually, I'm talking about physically, you will lose your life. You'll lose your life," he said. But while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life, what did you, what did it mean to you? You know, when I when I looked at this verse early on, I can only tell from my perspective. You know, you know, I had I had a a life that was unraveling in my life. You know, I had two little kids, had a wife that was unhappy, and a and I had a, a good job, making a lot of money, and and I knew that this was not going to go well, and at some point it was going to unravel around me. And I made a decision. God, I don't know what to do. You're going to have to help me. And I believe right then is when I decided that this life really doesn't matter for me anymore. That this life is over, and that I'm gonna I'm gonna change it for a life that He has to offer. That's what I did you know we uh, you know six eight ten months later we're we're baptized in Christ we have Paul just a couple of months later and uh, and the rest is history we gave up a life gave up that life you know there, there was things that happened in my life that very shortly I didn't have a very a really good job anymore I was working out of my house making half of my income and it was killing us financially but we had we had a life in Christ that we had not had before, you know. And I watched God work in our lives, and through all of this stuff. And I watched him. I watched him bless my family. And I said the best choice I ever made was to give up my life I had, and walk away from it. You know. And now I have. Now I have. I've gotten. Like he said here, he said I've kept it for eternal life. The only thing that's important to me now is it one day I'm going to go home. I'll do what I have to do here while I'm here, but one day I'm going to get to go home. And it won't matter how much money I made. It won't matter. You know, any of that rest of that stuff, only thing that's going to matter is, did I did I give up my life from before? You know, and I had opportunities. I had an opportunity during our, uh, during our, our spiritual walk where I could have moved to San Antonio. And got a really, really, really good job at San Antonio. I had that opportunity, and I said, "You know what? I can't do this. I can't. This this place and these people are sustaining me, and I cannot make a decision where it's going to take me into a place that I have no idea where that, where I'm going." And and I believed that God was trying to tell me to not do that. That's what I believed, and so I stayed. And you know, I mean, it, it's. I could have easily gone to San Antonio. My family lived there. You know, I could have I I could have got a job in a, a very lucrative job. And I just decided I said, "You know what? I'm not going to do that." And I didn't understand any of this at that time. I didn't understand that 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 I that my life was over as I knew it and my life belonged to him. And I was going to let him call the shots. Let him make the decisions. And I was going to and I was going to just follow along the best I knew how. And I was gonna and I was gonna have people around me that were gonna help me to make those decisions. People that I trusted. And so, you know, when I look at, at, at this text and I understand Jesus said, I've gotta die. I'm gonna die and I'm gonna create way more harvest when I die. And I know that my life was over and it created, you know, and it and I gave up my life. And it created way more because because I was willing to give up my life. Yes, ma'am. You know, he promised that if we have to leave our family, we'll have an even bigger family. Yeah. Promise. Well he promised us. He said he said if you if you love your 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 wife or your mother or your brother or sister more than me, you can have no part of me. That's what he said. You know, and it goes along with this text. He said, he said I've got to I've got to hate this life and love the life to come. That's the only way that eternal life is gonna happen because I'm not gonna to try to intermix the two. The two don't intermix, guys. God said I want everything that you have. That's what he says. I want it all. I want everything. And if you're not if you're not willing to give me everything, then you can have none of me. That's what he says. You know, we talk. Well, as long as I as long as I accept Jesus my savior and, and I go to church uh, regular uh, ever so often at least. Everything's gonna be good. That's not what he says. That's not what the book says. The book is very clear about what Jesus expects from us that he expects us to be the people that his son died to create. That's what he's talking about here. He said, I'm gonna I'm gonna to die to create more harvest, to create more seeds. And what's this seed gonna do once it is created? This seed's gonna die and create more seed. and it's gonna it's gonna feed off of itself. And he says here, he said, anyone who loves their life will lose it, and anyone who hates their life will lose in this world, will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Yeah. What do you believe that service for you is? What do you think that is for you? What do you think service is for you? Tell me what you think. Service. Yeah, listen to what he said. He said, "If it, uh, whoever serves me must follow me, what is it? What does it mean, service, for him? What does that mean to you?" To him by prayer and then spreading that word to others as well. Okay, coming to him, praying to him for everything, and he'll be being the, the Lord of your life. That what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, anybody else? What does it mean to serve you? To serve him? Whatever he calls you to do. Whatever he calls you to do. We can okay, Get give me so, something. Uh, teaching Bible classes. Okay, teaching Bible classes. Okay. All right. Serving people who are in need. James, you're an elder in the Lord's church. You have given your life for as long as I've known you, both of you, to serving God. How difficult was it while you were sick? You have to stay at home, crawl up in bed, thinking you were going to die. How how difficult was that? Not a lot of time. One of the reasons is because I can't do what I'm supposed to be doing. I can't do you know, I You know, things... They they need me. Yes. And so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, it's the it's the uh, it's the nature of the dang disease. I think mm-hmm. that it makes us that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. I think the last two years you know, <coughs> that has been the hardest part mm-hmm. is not being able to do, especially not being able to fellowship like we did, mm-hmm. and to be able to help the way we have help yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Anybody else, what does it mean? Like, Do you Uh huh. Do what I feel like I'm praying. I, I feel like the prayers have gone so far now. It's like a whole list of people that need it now. Okay, so, all right, or you would pay pray for you know the children, your family, the government, okay. the nation of Israel. Now I feel like it's just more and more added to it. Okay, more. More and more people in need. So for you, what what does it mean, you know, this verse right here, you say, whoever serves me must follow me. What does it mean for you to serve him if that's going to mean following him? What does that mean? You know, Barbara said, anything he asks us to do. Okay, what is that? What are those things? Go ahead, Vince. I think when we went to Mexico, you know, to help the church down there, we were going by faith that God was going to protect us. (laughs) We didn't know the whole thing Mm -hmm. around us, but... We knew they were going to go help those people down there because okay. they, they asked us to, and, and we volunteered to go. And while we were there, the Lord was watching over, protecting okay. us, and, protected right. and brought us back and forth many yeah. years. You know, right. we see the fruit of it now. Okay. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Heading up the medical team for the church. Heading up the medical, medical team through to the church. Yep, yeah. yeah. that's the way to serve. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm following Him. I'm going to serve. He's going to He's going to give me opportunity. All of you, all of you folks that that teach Bible classes. Yeah, you know, I know some of you in here teach Bible class, you're not doing it this week, but you got other people, you to know, alternate. You know, I, I applaud you. I don't want to teach little kids. I don't. I don't mind teaching you guys. But I don't want to teach little kids. I just don't. You know. But it's not my it's not my place. That's not how I serve. I I serve. You know, Cole came in a while ago and he was talking to Mark about going to the Stevenson unit. You know, going to the to the unit in, in Quero and they've got to talking and he looked at me and said, You want to go? I said, Nope. Uh Nope, don't. I said, I went. 20 years I went. I said, what I figured out is this place needs me here. It needs me here because this place doesn't know the book well enough. There was time when I found that the guys in the jail knew the book better than people here did. So this place needed me here. Right, Bruce? You know, I mean, I I have some folks still that I still am connected to because of that. But you know, I, I told, and I was giving them advice what they needed to do, how they needed to pull this off, and how they needed to make it work. And and I think they'll they'll do good. And that's how they're going to serve. They're going to serve by going and teaching the Bible someplace. Not everybody's called to do that. Not everybody who follows Christ is called to go to go teach Bible in a prison. You know, not everybody's called to go to the go to the county jail and the lady. Not everybody's called to do that. And it's not fun. No, it, it can be very difficult. It can be very uncomfortable and very difficult. I told I told Cole, I said, you understand, when you do this, you take them to race. When they get out, you take them to race. That's just the way this works. That's part of the serving Christ, following him. That's what he calls us to do. You know, if you if you have an opportunity to go and you go, you, you understand that's that's something that not everybody's called to do, but you've been called to do it. So you find what it is you serve. Find what you do. It's not it's not acceptable to do nothing. You understand? It's not acceptable to do nothing. That's not serving, to do nothing. To just come to church on a, on, on a given Sunday, that's not acceptable, guys. That's not what Jesus called us to. He said, if you follow me, you're going to serve. You're going to find a way to serve, and you're going to serve. You're going to do whatever it is that you... And it may be just going and talking to your neighbors next door. Maybe that's what it is. That's fine. You know, maybe it's going to be, you know, maybe it's going to be a, a sweep on the parking lot. Uh, anything. Maybe it's cleaning toilets. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe you're going to get a phone call from Pam, who's all in a tither on a Wednesday, because one of the doors over there is knocked out, glass everywhere, and Jim gets a phone call, and he thought, man, i got a day off from stay home. No, yeah, guess what? <laughs> I had to drive up here? And and build a thing to put on the door so nobody could get in. But that's how he serves. You understand? You know what I'm grateful? I'm grateful he does that. Cause you know who she called first? <laughs> you know what I told her? I said, What do you call me for? I said, This is not my deal, man. I said, This is Jim's deal. I said, Call Jim. Call Mark. Mark and Anna are the ones over the cameras. Call them. Don't call me. But that's what she always. That's what she always. But that's your deal. That's how you serve. And and I appreciate that. There's so much of that goes on here of that how people serve that we don't even know about. But if you're going to follow Him, you're going to serve. He said, "Whoever serves me must follow me." So we have to. Uh, that here's where prayer comes in. God, tell me what to do. Tell me what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to serve? What is you want? What is it that you want me to do? Maybe it's maybe it's very mundane maybe it's not something that you think is very important but it's what God has called you to do. maybe at this point it's raising your children. I knew I know for early on it was raising our kids. you know I thought that was the best way for us to serve was to raise our kids and make sure you know and, and thankfully we have three faithful uh, three faithful sons. You know, so I think that I think that was probably a, probably the right thing to do. Yes. You know, in the Old Testament, they got Moses where he talks to God. God talked to him and told him what to do, and he gave all his excuses. He says, "I can't talk," and then he's in Aaron with him, so together they went. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes you may have to get somebody to help you along. Sometimes it's going to be more than just you. Yeah. You know, this is a this is. What is the we've seen in baseball? You know, I, I see I, I see people making. The the decisions a lot of times, uh, when it comes to serving and when it comes to following, to only do what's convenient. I don't believe that's what he's called us to. Sometimes serving is going to be very inconvenient. Y'all said it a while ago. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard to make a decision and say, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to serve this way. You know, I mean, angels are and serving like this. I mean, it, I know it. I know I have one that's a wife to an elder. I know how difficult that is. You know, I mean, if you do nothing else, that's, a, that's enough. It's very difficult to serve in that capacity to serve as an elder's wife. You know, I mean, the 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 stuff that has to, they have to put up with, the stuff they have to listen to, you know, or deal with. You know, just the just the things that we have to that we have to carry. So. When I look at this and I say, he said, whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. Where is Christ at, do you believe, in our life today? Where do you think he is? Where do you think he is? Now, I know spiritually where he is. I know where he's at. Where, you know, he's in, he's in heaven at the right hand of the Father. I know that. All right? But where is he on a daily basis? Where do you think he is? He's in our hearts. He's in our hearts. He's in our hearts. In our hearts. what do we do. So, so, when I have those things that come up, I know that Christ is there. I know that He's given me the Holy Spirit to live in me. I know that. So, I know that, you know, He said, I'm going to, He said, uh, I, uh, where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. So, what do I know that's going to happen? You know, the Father's going to honor those who serve Him. I've got to decide am, am I willing to do whatever He calls me to do? Whenever he calls me to do it, am I willing to do that? And if we do that as a church, how, how, how dynamic is that going to become? How dramatic will that become if we do that as a church? Will people be blessed? Absolutely. People are being blessed now, guys. Yeah. People are being blessed now by the things that we do, that many of you do, that you get involved in. They're being blessed now. You know, now it's going to be, you know, the, here we're going to start all over again. And going to be a blessing to people again. So, it's also when when you do follow and you do what he says to do, you get blessed. Because Mm -hmm. we when we first started going to the jail, we were terrified. Yeah. Absolutely, it was so uncomfortable, and yeah. now I can honestly look back and say I cannot begin to tell you the times that we experienced joy yeah. inside that building yeah. that I never expected would happen. But that was that was God's hand. Yeah. <laughs> He's also given us great joy in that service. Did he? Did he train you in that in that whole endeavor? Did he train you? He's still working on it. But did he, but did he train you? Yes, absolutely. You know, not everybody has the ability to sit across the table with someone and teach someone the Bible. All right? There can be great scholars out here, and I know there are. There are people that know the book. But to be able to sit across from someone and study the Bible with them and navigate them through a text, through the text, and through through all the dialogue and get them to a place where they're responsive, thats a that's unique. Not everybody can do that. But then there's people that you that that come later on. That come later, that they have a very unique talent as well. That they inc- that they incorporate their talent, and God uses them, and God uses them to serve in different ways. You know, Cole may not be where you are. He may t- taking you down there, but he's not going to be able to go in there with y'all guys. But he'll be able to be up here. And so when you bring him, he's going to teach something that maybe he's going to touch them. So you see how it's going to how it's going to connect together. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's how he said. When I die, he said, I'm going to create way more seed. I'm going to create a harvest, and it's going to be dynamic. And people that are going to lose their life, if they gain, if they decide they love their life, they're going to lose their life. But the ones that that hate this life, the ones that hate it, are going to are going to gain a life to eternal life, and then they're going to serve. They're going to serve in a very dramatic, very over, very powerful way. And he said, any they, they're going to be where where he is. They're going to, look, Well, let me read again. Whoever serves me must follow me and wherever, where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. He said, I know what it's going to take to get to this point. I know what it's gonna to take to get to the point where he's gonna get you, you and you to the point where you where you need and you where you need to be. I know what it's gonna take. I'm gonna to have to die to create that. So that people can can gain a new life, can gain a, a life of servanthood. He said, I know what I'm gonna to have to do. And he said, Father, my heart's troubled. I'm troubled, man. Wouldn't you been? He said, My heart is troubled. And he said, What shall I say father save me from this hour? No, it's for this very reason. I came to this hour father glorify your name And then listen what happens Then a voice came from heaven. I Have glorified it and will glorify it again The crowd that was there and heard it said it was it had thundered others said an angel had spoken to him So here they heard it they heard him say I've glorified you already and I'll glorify you again And it said. Jesus answered, said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now it's time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, and I, am, and when I am lifted up from heaven, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. If you remember way back in the book of Genesis, we've talked about this before, there is a verse in the book of Genesis. It's called the Mother Promise. And God tells, tells Eve and Adam and Satan, this is what's going to happen. One day. The seed of woman is gonna crush your head talking to this talking to the serpent. And and Jesus said here, he said, and Satan is gonna be run out. His power is gonna be gone. So I'm gonna destroy his power. And he said, And I'm gonna I'm gonna be lifted up and I'll, and he said, and I'll draw all men to me when I'm lifted up. So he's gonna be lifted up on a cross and he's gonna be lifted up in the in the ascension. When he goes up, he's gonna be lifted up and he is gonna leave us. With a mission and a, and a responsibility to go forward you know when you look at this ask I want you to ask yourself as you walk out of here and go over there what am I doing in service for God what am I doing if you have to write it down ask yourself what am I doing am I truly doing the things that God is calling me to do am I doing that what is it that I'm called being called to do and am I letting things from this life get in the way am I letting things get in the way Am I letting my job? Am I letting my family? Am I letting those things get in the way of me serving and following Him and li- giving up this life so I gain eternal life? What's more important to me? Be honest. Ask yourself, what am I doing? Is, is, is are the things, the decisions I'm making, are they in direct opposition to what God is calling me to do here? We'll see you next week.